This is Jan Cox, talk number 2522, recorded May 8th, 2000. Initially, it is proper for the few to turn all of their attention that is possible to thinking about the matter of being asleep and of awakening. But eventually, such people must take up the matter of devoting themselves to an investigation of the matter of it seeming so proper for them to turn their attention so extensively on the matter of being asleep and wanting to awaken. I'll straighten that out in a minute. That even took me by surprise, and I wrote it. Well, that'll really get us started. That was the heart of some things that I wrote last time that I didn't get around to. Now, you know, I brought this up at least three times over the last few years. Uh, based, usually I'd use the springboard, the old idea about know thyself. I still insist that at least other than at spotty times, I still insist that none of you have a clear picture of what's behind that. Not even necessarily that the first person who ever said it, or though all of those who continue to repeat it, really look far enough into the matter. No one knows what their self is. And people that say that they do, people that say that they do partially, if there's something less than being ignorant, they are. And yet everyone who will pay lip service, anyone who would say, yes, I am studying myself, because I remind you, uh, from one view, all of the better known mystical systems over the last 5,000 years all began with some form of study of oneself. And somewhere within their general doctrine is a claim that no one can understand awakening, no one can awaken, no one can achieve enlightenment without achieving a knowledge of themselves. It's another version of saying uh, that man is asleep and through certain efforts can awaken. It's an, you could rephrase that and say, no one knows who they are, but you can, and it will be an extraordinary matter. So people will say that they're studying themselves, and I'm sure that you have. I've encouraged people to do it that way. And in a sense, uh, I still talk about investigating yourself, but it's, or investigating things, but it's not what I'm getting at tonight, over the last few weeks, trying to get to consider, is not a study of oneself. Because anyone who says that they're studying themselves, and you say, well, how are you doing? And if they give you any answer, then they hadn't caught on. Because people can certainly say and believe that they are sincere, believe that they're being truthful as far as ordinary people deal in such matters. And someone can say, I've been studying myself, and I, it's been very fruitful. I never realized what a blank I was. I never realized how aggressive I am. I never realized what a liar I am. I never realized uh, how deceitful I will be with other people. But over this last, I've been studying this certain system. Over the last 20 years, I have been trying to study myself. And I'm going to tell you the truth. I would have never believed this 20 years ago. I thought that I was an honest, sincere person. And I'm going to tell you what, under some circumstances, it hurts me almost to say it, but by God, I've tried to undertake an objective investigation of this matter. And I'm going to tell you what, under certain conditions, I am not all that honest. That has really been worthwhile. From our view, they're an idiot. That's not knowledge of yourself. Knowledge of yourself is to know that you don't have a self. That's the only knowledge there is of their self. And so if you ask someone, 
Do you have knowledge of yourself? If they didn't answer, you might be suspicious. I'm just saying, you know, just because somebody doesn't answer doesn't necessarily always mean they're awake. It always makes me suspicious. If you can ask any human a question and they won't answer, well, first look and see if maybe their hearing aid is falling out of their ear. You know, see if maybe, you know, they're deaf. But if you ascertain that they heard you and they don't answer, that's not necessarily proof that they're awake, but by God, it's suspicious. Am I not correct? And I thought, <laughs> speaking of that, I'm always, as I've mentioned, and you should be too, always interested and sort of in a way always expectant, although I don't let my little heart get broken. Something else I was about to get to about self, that self is always the way that people, in a sense, fool themselves, is that self is always talking, or they are always talking about themselves. And it's always in an expected manner. To what people, when they say that they're studying themselves, what they come up with is not anything new. And someone says, after 20 years, I have finally had to face the fact that I'm such and such. They always knew that. But at any rate, I'm always, this is kind of off to the side, but I am always waiting for life to be more interesting to me. Such as, I see the news. It just happened recently, and it hit me. Some guy who was a wanted serial killer claimed he was going to be charged with it. And they were showing they'd chased him down. He'd been running up you know, throughout seven or eight states over the last two weeks, and they would nearly have him. Nearly, and they caught him today. There's like 250 FBI and Border Patrol people all over this cat. Then they show him that they take him to the nearest federal courthouse in Dallas or Oklahoma City, and he's surrounded. And TV people, again, as close as they can, his arms behind his back and them pushing you know, dragging him along. And a reporter gets close enough for the mic and hollers, you know, Mr. So-and-so, all these crimes, are you guilty or not guilty? And I keep waiting for him to look over his head and say, oh, guilty. <laughs> you know why punchlines and why that's funny? I'll get around to it maybe, but I'll go ahead and tell you now. The one reason that punchlines are funny is it's because what we think of, what everyone assumes to be everyone else's self, the character or the voice in the joke that delivers the punchline is speaking in a way that is not natural and expected to the self. And I thought of that one, I thought of one more. Same kind of scene. They're dragging him through there, and the reporter finally gets close enough to my house. Well, after being on the lam now for two weeks, how does it feel to finally be caught? And he looks over his shoulder and he says, It's a delight to be here in your wonderful city. That's still like, Oh, guilty, guilty. <laughs> life won't give me, well, never mind. I know life is not out to have to entertain me, but still, I'll sometimes turn the news and see, and I'll, I can already hear it in my head. I know what it is I want to hear, and it never happens. But they catch politicians almost in compromising positions, if not actually physically, it comes out that somebody's been going through the senator's books, his office expenses, and his campaign reports. And there's just a multitude of discrepancies and money missing and false reportings of where he got his money. And they say, well, Senator, you know, it took two hours for those people to report to the Committee on Ethics about you know, these problems you're having. What do you have to say to this? 
And of course, you know what he always says. And you know, some guys always wait for a man to say, "Well, I guess they just caught me." There's right. <laughs> <laughs> a question: Some bureaucrat, the same kind of thing in his office, has overspent his estimates of what or his budget of last year about you know, thirteen million dollars. When he assured them all throughout the year that oh, we'll come in under budget. And he kept reporting to the committees. And, you know, how did this happen? And I wait for him again and say, well, I guess I'm just incompetent. <laughs> At least I entertained myself. Where were we? Any comment that you make about yourself? Uh, there's not much more I can say about this. Maybe I've already given you the punchline to that. And don't just, when I keep talking about other people, of course, don't just look at other people. Look at yourself. Anything that you think you know about yourself is a dream. And I'll bet, not even being a wagering inclined person, I would bet whatever's in my pocket that every damn one of you, if I turned on you just suddenly and said, tell me something you know about you that you know you didn't years ago, or tell me something about you that you wouldn't want other people to know. And you'd go, well, I, and I'd feel like punching you in the nose. <laughs> you know you would. I say, just between me and you, I know how sharp you are. You, you're really onto this. Tell me the kind of things that you now know about you that you didn't know before you. You go, well, now I, you're an idiot. Do you hear me? <laughs> well, it's a skunk saying, where is that smell coming from? It's the same thing. It is the sole of a foot saying, Get that thing off of me. I'm just going to leave that part. If you, you or anybody, if you believe that you know something about yourself, you don't know anything. Isn't that weird? And that's the truth. That's not even partial truth. And it doesn't seem right, does it? I mean, to your thinking. You can say, well, there's no doubt. Compared to everybody that I know, I know this. I am myself. Me, I am very aggressive. I'm very hostile. Just for no particular reason. I'm just hostile. That's what I know about me. You're an idiot. I'm not saying you're not hostile. I'm not saying that. But if I say, what do you know about yourself? From all of your study, and you go, well, I know now that I'm very shy. I'm, I'm timid. I'm frightened. That may all be true. But you're an idiot. You don't get it. Everyone lives according to their self. That's true. That's just what I'm saying. You can say, well, I have discovered that myself, I am very shy. You may be shy, because it's known. I won't argue that. But you don't know that about yourself. That is not yourself. So back to this one. Everyone lives according to their self. But when asked what it is, no one knows. Everyone says they do. They don't even question it. They say, tell me something about you. And I said, well, I'm very hostile. I mean, that's, that's the kind of person that you are. That's, that's part of your being. That's part of yourself. That's some of your self-knowledge. Yes, it is. Not true. They may be hostile. They may be shy. But it's not part of them, their self. Because you've got no self. I'm trying to trick you as always tonight. Because you sit there. You think, do I have a self? And if you do that, you go, yeah. It's me thinking this. It's me saying, do I have a self? 
Why do you think they invented the word subtle? Was it trying to, was it only to describe the British attempts at sexual overtures? To, this, I say, is the reason they invented the word subtle. People stole it for lesser reasons and misused it. Everyone originally realizes the truth about this self, but are now consistently rendered blind to its reality by their talking about it, both to themselves and others. This is a variation of me saying that as far as there being a secret, or, quote, the truth, and that that being the aim of all such activity as this, which is fair enough to say, then I say to you that the truth, the great secret, is known to everyone. Now, this is a variation of saying everyone originally knows the truth about themselves, but now they have been and now continue to be consistently rendered deaf and blind. In other words, almost they've made themselves forget about it through their talking about their self. I had a picture at one time. comes back to me. Uh, taking Adam as being, you know, my archetypical first man to get involved with this and understand what he had become involved with. Well, even more than that, just Adam as the archetypical man, as he went from being a silent, purely instinctive creature. Uh, is that it? Yeah. Okay. Well, picture Adam. Forget a minute. Just picture him as the prototypical or the prototype of man going from a silent, instinctive, purely instinctive creature into a verbal, thoughtful one. I picture, it came to me one time, that there was a split second in our conception of a 4D reality, a universe, there's always a split second between everything. There's some time. Which is another one. What if you keep cutting down until there's nothing between anything? That's another one. I pictured a split second that Adam, I mean, had to be there, that up until this point, Adam, Homo sapien, were silent, purely instinctive-driven creatures. And then it happened that they became, as we call it, conscious, but they became thoughtful. The brain began to produce thoughts. Like there was a split second in this prototype of, of an atom, A-D-A-M, of course, a split second when it went from being the silent, purely instinctive creature into a thoughtful, verbal one. And I say it's that split second that all of this is about. And I say it's that split second that ordinary humans, without knowing it, they unwittingly engage in a multitude of secondary activities of all sorts, of course, life is making them do it, as always, but for the sake of us talking. That they engage in a multitude of activities to keep themselves from remembering, from reliving that split second wherein everybody knows the truth about <clears throat> their self. I was bringing up religion Friday, for those of you who heard it, pointing out how easy it is uh, to make even what would amount to objective ridicule, not sarcasm, but just you could express theatrical 
astonishment that people would believe something that has no basis, that has nothing in reality, in physical reality, not only not to back it up, but that would even give you a hint. And then I also point out, though, that you could take another view. If you can follow, I'm still talking sort of what I was talking about Friday. But there's another view, and you could say that religion was a masterstroke of humanity, that everyone originally realized what life was. And I just put a word on it just as I was talking. I said, and people looked at, when they realized what life was originally, they went, you know, this is it. This is, this is the truth. This is the truth about me and being alive. And then they began to make up things, create activities, invent activities to distract them from facing this fact. And I point out from one view, religion was their greatest achievement because it is the most distracting. That is, it's the most ridiculous. It has the least to do football. Bingo. Has more to do with reality. Doesn't mean anything, but it has, I say, more to do with reality. It has a little more in reality to back it up, a little more connection to something physically real than religion does. Almost everything does. Skip rope. Crossword puzzles. What am I leaving out? <laughs> Playing the accordion. But rather than look at it as like, well, what a, what a grand folly. Nah, if you look at it from the view that men do not want to realize the truth about what life is, then religion is the mother of all distractions. Because if you really follow it, if you try to take it sincerely, that is, you play along, which is, you know, that's the only reason people play along with sports. People jump up and holler about their home team won. And if you're not interested in sports, you can look at it in the same way as religion and think, oh, these people are idiots. Who the hell cares if somebody wins a game of throwing a ball around or kicking a ball around and running into each other? And they get in fights and they paint their face and they go buy clothes with you know, the team's name on it. You know, the horseradishes or the pig fuckers or whatever the team's name. And you can laugh at that. But that's nothing. Religion. I mean, if you look and say, well, how can people be passionate about a sports team? And you go... It's not even connected to reality. That's not true. It's connected, at the very least, with territorial prerogatives at our instinctive level. Cheering for a home team, being a real fan, wearing all the equipment, buying all the little paraphernalia, that makes more sense. That is tied more to reality than any religion. Okay. But now look at it the other way, the way I'm describing, that people, I say, know what they're doing, unwittingly. Religion is better than anything because religion has no connection. It's the ultimate distraction. If you're going to pretend that it's serious, it'll wear you to death in this life, make this life, you know, a living hell, according to how serious you take it. Ruin this life. I mean, you find the right kind of religion. You know, there's always something to bug you. You're eating the wrong thing. You're wearing the wrong clothes. You're walking the wrong way. You're doing it on the wrong day. You know, Jesus. That's why I know it's all religions, even take our most popular Western ones, Judaism and Christianity, they weren't even satisfied with the Ten Commandments. In fact, Christianity is still way behind, as I assume all of you know. And if you want things to live by, become Jewish. And it's always something. You know, there's no end to it. 
I don't mean to pick on Christians. I know they're trying, but they just they still don't have enough. Of course, there's no way to look at it. They take what suffering and you know, what prohibitions they do have. I think maybe they perhaps take it more seriously than. No need going into all that, but the point is, it's all. It has no connection to reality. So from one view, you can see it as being the grand distraction. It's the ultimate way to keep yourself from having to face up to what life is. To remember that split second. Wherein I say everybody knew, and I say everybody could still know. That's why boredom is so dreaded. That's why people are walking around with cell phones today. Of course, they were always talking as much as they could anyway before they had cell phones. It's people are doing everything they can. I mean, you're considered weird. As we all know, if you retire from life and go off and become a hermit, go off in a place in a monastery or somewhere where the, the one solid, unavoidable rule is no talking, you know how it's considered out in life. Of course, some religious people, if the monastery is part of their church, they will pay lip homage to it. Like, well, I'm sure they know what they're doing, but, you know, goddamn, I don't want any part of it. Drive you crazy. Because the, the more the circumstances might incline you to be still and quiet, which is not really going to overtake most ordinary people, but even if there's a possibility, it's getting too close. It's getting too close to having to face up again that, well, this is all life is. It's just this. The day you sit in your underwear at home, on a torn up couch in your house trailer, and half of a double wide, watching a black and white TV set. Your wife done left you. They took your pickup truck. You're sitting there looking at your toes. And you think, this is life. Because I'm exaggerating going through all that. Because you, <laughs> you can be a millionaire. And be sitting in your mansion. And look down at your little thousand dollar a foot shod feet. And you can still, you look down, you look at you and your life. And I think you think, this is it, isn't it? And I'm not going to tell you what. You don't have to be real depressed. It's just you realize this is life. But people get off of that, shall I say, extremely, with extreme rapidity. Got to do something. At any rate, I was saying that you could see religion as being... The great creation that men have, uh, that we now have, that ordinary men have, to distract themselves. Because it'll muck up this life, give you dreams of another life, of which there is not one iota of proof, not even any evidence, no suggestion. A belief that if things don't go your way now, they'll go your way later. And I say that no one, everyone knows that's not true. So assume I'm correct. That's hard to say. It's hard to swallow until you see it. And of course, I'm. In, if it helps, I say again, is I say everyone knows that, but they unwittingly know it, if that helps. But I say that everyone knows that it's not true, that this is it, that this is all you got. But people do not want to see that. And I say it's proper for them not to see it. Because when ordinary people do get that sensation, they generally go, as it's called, crazy. They become dangers to people. They become social outcasts. Back to what I was reading. Reread again. Everyone originally realizes the truth about this self, but are constantly rendered blind to its reality by their talking about it. 
that is talking about themselves, to themselves and to others. I just said talking instead of talking and thinking, because if you're thinking to yourself, you're talking to yourself about it. There's an old idea, uh, several thousand years old, that supposedly was used by some teacher here or there, that uh, one of his uh, methods, just one of his methods was to encourage people not to ever say the word I. And I have heard in our times, in contemporary times, there's people have dug this back up. And there's supposedly now, I heard or read somewhere during my life that there's some school, some group of people somewhere, that that is the whole approach. And it's uh, not invalid. Except they don't get it. I can guarantee you they don't get it. They're not hurting themselves, and it could, somebody might stumble along and actually learn a little something from it. But the idea of not saying I, assuming it's the first guy who thought about it, understood it, and I always assume that somebody the inventor of any method, I always, just for the sake of me talking about it, I always assume that he understood it. He understood it at least as well as I do. And so if he understood it, well, the understanding of it is not what people take it to be. No, it's similar like the idea if you could continually remember yourself, as old as that is. If you, if you could do it, you'd understand something. But the point is you can't do it. But people don't understand that you can't do it. They just keep trying to do it. And it never crosses their mind about, why have I spent 30 years doing this? And I'm fairly intelligent, and I believe I'm sincere about this. And why have I not had, shall I say to myself in private, why have I not had any more success than I have had? Or, I have decided, someone told me, that if I would never say the word I, that I would surely awaken. That that was all it would take. And somebody could try that for 10 or 15 years. And you could say, well, have you succeeded? And they'd go, no, I, damn. Uh, no, I have, no, no. But anyway, if you gave them permission, well, go ahead and tell me. They'd say, well, I have tried, and there's been times I have really felt I was struggling against myself, struggling against my mechanical nature, blah, 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 blah. But they'd never get to the point of wondering, why is this so hard? And if they were asked, I know damn well that they would resort to some sort of, quote, self-knowledge about them. They would tell you something about themselves. Well, I've been trying to do this, and I have benefited from it. I've learned a lot, but uh, I have not been able. I constantly, even after all these years, I will, throughout the day, I will end up saying I when I intend not to. And so at least one thing I have learned about me, about myself, is that I am much more self-centered than I would have ever imagined. When I started this, I thought I was fairly humble. I thought I had a, well, I just thought I was fairly humble, an ordinary run-of-the-mill person, and I didn't think I was all that great. But once I undertook never to say I, and I be- whenever I can catch it, I become aware that that's all I do. I become aware, and I started listening for it over these years. Everyone else does, and so do I. I am continuing to talk about I, 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 I. God, I'm an egomaniac. They don't get it. They never ask themselves the question. They have investigated a matter, but they won't investigate the investigation. That is, they won't say, well, why is this so hard? And not take the thing, of the, because the thing that 
is making it so hard is the same thing that gives an answer, as always, and saying, well, I'm probably too vain. I probably have maybe even bad karma. Maybe I was a, even a bigger egomaniac in a previous life, and now I'm having to pay for it and work it out. But they never, people just do not turn and look at what this is, what they're doing, whatever method they're attempting to use. They never look at it and then directly gauge what success they've had, which I remind you, from my view, you never have any real success. Not to be upset. Think of what's upset you, what upsets the ordinary mind is to believe that you have made progress. That's what's upsetting because you think, well, I've made progress, but by God, I hadn't, it's not enough. I hadn't actually fully succeeded. Oh, I don't keep doing this old pissant progress. See, that's what's disturbing. Unless you realize that you hadn't made any progress. Because you can't just say it. You can't say, all right, you're right. No, no, no. You have to realize the truth of what I'm saying. And you realize, I haven't made any progress. And when you do that, then something happens. But you've got to be able to do it. And that's when you realize why. And that's why I'm saying people won't investigate. People won't stop and say, well, let's see, I've been trying not to say I. And I'm aware of the fact, I keep saying I've learned a lot and done better. But hell, I must say I every day. I catch myself as much now as I did 20 years ago. And you can't talk yourself into it. I'm just putting words on it and making it crude. But such a person, as I'm describing, they would finally sort of look at their self. Something would happen, and they would realize nothing has changed. I haven't made any, quote, progress. I don't say I any less than I did. It's very likely that you catch yourself more often, which gives the illusion of progress. But if a person realizes in some way, just as simplistic as simplistically as possible. That, well, even say just take it as a possibility, because that's sort of what hit me originally. Now I think about it. That helps. It's like because I, I, as I always encourage you, anything you know for certain, or anything that just seems just as clear as God's ass, you think, well, that, that's true. Turn it over. You know, such as me considering, what if everybody in the world is totally awake? And I'm the only poor schlob that's not. Which just you know, it can't be true. Just It can't be true. Nothing, not either pro or con about me. That just can't be true. Except for this, it could be true. So I'm always looking for the possibilities that no one ever thinks about, or that I never thought about. So at any rate, it's somewhere along that line, you just look at the possibility that, like to my example, the man has been trying not to say I. That he has adopted, he's taken up with some school or some guru somewhere, and the guy says, if you will never say I, if you can reach the point that you can go one day and never say I, you'll be awake. So this man says, I believe that. The guy's impressive. He told me other things, blah, blah, blah. So I have been dedicating myself for the last X number of years, and I still cannot do it. I catch myself just minute by minute doing it. I have no doubt that it's true, but and I've made some progress. I'm glad I did it, and I plan to keep doing it, but uh, it's just amazing how asleep we are, isn't it? And if I could in some way nudge the person. Anyway, if they would finally look, they could... I say they could. 
they might. If they're my kind of person, they would look at it and finally realize, or, as I was going to say, even try it this way. Is it possible? Is it just possible that I have not made any progress? I mean, who can do that? Face it. You used to hear me talk like this, and it may not phase you anymore as you sit there. But who? Imagine if you had, that you had gone and involved yourself. Great effort. Involved yourself with studying, going somewhere, maybe full-time at some school. Anyway, that kind of thing. And spent years devoting yourself to one particular method, trying to do something, trying to awaken. Could you ever, after those 20 years, just ordinary people, well, ordinary would-be mystics, what I'm getting at, you can taste how unlikely this is. Just check with yourself. That one day you sit there, not when you got real discouraged, not that, nothing like that. You're still interested in this. You're still enthusiastic about awakening. And you just caught yourself saying I again. And you go, well, at least I'm getting better. I catch it more often. It's just, but Jesus, who can stop then and go, how about this possibility? What if, is it possible that I have made no progress over the last 20 years? Do you know how unlikely it is for anybody to do that? Even one of our kind of people? Even you? Remember, not because of circumstances, not because it's a moment you are discouraged. You're encouraged. That's the only way this works. We're trying to take the opposite attitude, trying to take another view. You've got to still be passionately and positively interested. But you're considering, why is it that I can't stop saying I? When I first heard this 20 years ago, I thought, well, should. Yeah, I can do that. It may take me a day. And it may take me another couple of weeks to really reinforce it. But hell, if the reward is I'll be awake, you might have even thought, well, listen, if somebody offered me a million dollars, if I could go a week and not say the word I, I bet you by God I could do it. People would believe that. They go, yeah, I could. If this great guru here had told me that he would give me a million dollars in cash and showed me a suitcase, I, I could do it. So, here it is, back when you started. You think, well, wouldn't being awake, being enlightened, be worth more than a million dollars to me? Yeah. So, I can certainly stop saying I. may take me a while. Maybe take me a week. But I can do it, can I? Yeah. Here it is 20 years later. And you can't do it, but you think, well, but you're still positive. You think, well, I'm getting better. It's just a bigger problem than I thought. Our egotism is too ingrained. It's deeper into us. We're more asleep in this false sense of ourself. I just, I, it's just a bigger deal than I imagined. Who can stop and go, wait a minute. Instead of it being a bigger deal and it's a, you know, a bigger challenge than I thought, what if I haven't accomplished anything? What if not one thing has changed? I have made no progress in this attempt. Now, I'm not saying you hadn't made any progress, but that I haven't made any progress. Because I'm telling you, there is a view, there is a truthful, useful view that you can turn to whatever you've done. Because I'm telling well, I put it to you another way. I'm telling you, you haven't changed since as far back as you can remember. Your instinctive essence never changes. What you genetically are, regardless of what you say that, well, now I've just got a new degree in chemistry. I just got my doctorate. An AC repair. I just bought a new car. I just moved to a new neighborhood. I just changed my name. I just changed my religion. You can say all of that, but what you genetically are, 
you were as far back as you can remember. What you remember when you were a little kid, when you first started having a sense of yourself in relationship to other people, and you found out that the other boys picked on you that you were a wimp, you found out that you were a sissy, that you were a frightened, and then girls, you have to do your own version of that. You have not changed. You still have those feelings in you. You still have that same genetic makeup. Nothing. There's one view in which nothing changes. Who can even consider that? Who would ever ask themselves, is it possible that what I have done pursuing this method of not saying I, trying to continually observe myself, trying to constantly keep in mind the name Guru Boo-Boo, Whatever the task was, being eternally self-remembering, who can, after years and years, remember one more time, and yet you're still positively, passionately interested, not discouraged, not pissed, but just in the midst of considering what's going on, how you're doing, and this whole thing, and suddenly say, is it possible that I have not made one bit of progress in attempting to remember myself, not say I, Remember the name of Guru Boo Boo. Is it possible I have not accomplished anything? If you keep talking about self to yourself, and obviously to others, but even to yourself gets to be the final one. If you're talking about yourself pro or con, what you have accomplished, what you have done, what you haven't done, what your faults are, you are doing nothing but reinforcing, you alone, reinforcing an absolute illusion. Or to put it blunter, you're keeping yourself asleep. You can't ever move. You can stay interested in this, obviously. People have been doing it for thousands of years. And going out with their final breath, plenty of recorded self-composed epitaphs of people saying, well... I didn't achieve enlightenment in this lifetime, but by God, I gave it a good shot, and I'll be back. That kind of shit. But such a person, I hate to say this, such a person really didn't accomplish anything. They didn't get it. They may have had fun. They might have been a joy to be around. They might have been the assistant head monk of some mystical school somewhere. But they didn't get it. And I don't think they're going to get it in the next lifetime. Or they're starting off in a hole. If they come back with any memory, if they come back with any memory like of the, of the quote progress they made in the previous life, then they're starting off behind. They're not even starting off at the beginning line. Initially, another one, same thing, but the other the last thing I wrote here about it. Well, I want to make sure, you know, as best I can, you have to do it yourself. If you are, to yourself, thinking about yourself, which is talking about yourself to yourself, if you're doing that, then by any means describable, you are having a self. There's no way out of it. If you're thinking about yourself, that is, you're talking to you about yourself, you have a self. And it's nothing can be done. Except I'm saying that there's no self there. And there's enough of you. I'm not just saying that. There's enough of you have had the 
experiences the so-called awakening to know that don't want to talk it to death, but you know, you just kind of go blank. Ours, those that have one and never have another are prone to say they merged with the universe. They became their fellow man. They lost all sense of personal identity. They lost all sense of ego. That's people that have it one time and come back and never have it again and decide, well, I got to make a living out of this. I got to make a buck. And they go on and on and on. And it turns into a religious, spiritual thing. It turns into an ooey-gooey. Except at the time, it was true. I mean, what they're describing, if they'd let it go, just, I blanked out. I don't mean I blacked out. I blanked out. I was as conscious as I had ever been, but my head was as empty as the universe. And I was aware of it. And I was aware that all of those stars and planets and asteroids called thoughts were just hiding right behind my empty space. They were just back there like cars, like motorcycles or engines revved up, just waiting, just waiting for somebody to take their foot off the gas and they would all be back onto me. But for some reason, which is what makes it a miraculous state, for some reason, here I am, blank. No, I'm blank. No, I shouldn't be blank. No, what it would take to get me unblanked. Know that the things that would unblank me are just, they're right here. They're just right behind my cortex. They're right, they're over there just hiding behind my, the insides of my eardrums. They're all in there. I know they're there. Of course, you're doing all this without thinking about it. You're just aware of all of it. You have no self. You're what you are. That's what makes it so astounding. But you're not thinking, I'm having this. I assure you, well, I, those of you who have been there know it. You do not think I'm awake. You do not think I am enlightened. But if you do, you lost it. <laughs> Something works. People know not to do that, evidently. I warn you not to. Or When people come to me when it first happened and ask me if there's anything to watch for, I always tell them that. Well, two things. Don't think about what's going on. And whatever you do, don't get hostile about anything but just don't think about what's going on and of course it starts easing back in we're outnumbered things are weighed against us if you're talking about self you've got a self but it's an illusion that is what feels good to people like us to a few people not everybody in the world because we know they're not interested in it by any means but what feels good to a few people like us, it's through whatever method you take, trying to observe yourself, trying to remember yourself, trying to be mindful, trying to remember some word, trying to just still the mind, whatever you're doing, at the times that you momentarily seem to have, quote, some success, you have interfered with the normal sensation of self. I can describe it other ways and have, but in this sense, that is exactly what you've done. You have momentarily destroyed that sensation you have of self. And to the people who are interested in it, it is the greatest relief in the world, even when it's just momentary. is what gets you going. When you first find some method and try it, if it has that kind of success for you, then it shows two things. Well, it shows one thing. It shows that you're wired up to do this. If a person tries to remember themselves, if a person hears about you must be mindful, be eternally mindful, or be eternally 
conscious of yourself. The person goes, that's all? You go, yeah, try it. And you'll realize that you're not normally conscious of yourself. Everybody talks about it. It's not like a common term. But if you try it, do you know what I'm saying? And you go, let me try. And if you're my kind of guy, you're one of us, you go, at least to yourself, you go, God damn almighty. I thought I was conscious of myself. But until somebody put it to me like that, that I'm not. And I thought, well, am I? And right then I was. And I thought, this is weird. This is not the way I normally am. And your face does something. If whoever told you knows anything, they see your face. They go, that's it. That's it. And you think, that, you're right, that's it. What happened was you were momentarily freed from that illusion, that sensation of a self. It's all like a trick. It's like you turn everything on itself. You're trying things that are not possible. Like, you can't self-remember. If you're selfing, you're not remembering. And if you're remembering, you're not selfing. Or you can't self-observe. Because if you're selfing, you're not observing. And if you're observing, you're not selfing. And you can't be eternally mindful. Because if you're mindful, you're not you. So you can't be mindful. And if you're you, you can't be mindful. And, of course, I used to say that the trick is constantly observe your thoughts. Nice try. But you can't observe your thoughts. If you're observing your thoughts, then you're not thinking. And if you're thinking, you're not observing your thoughts. And somewhere, everybody, by God, or I'm going to, you know, throw a fit before I die. All of you got to realize what's going on and then be able to go, is it possible I have done absolutely nothing? And then go, if so, why do I keep going on? Why does it seem like I have? And why don't I realize it? And then you think, what the hell is that question I just asked about why I don't realize it? And then you might realize it. Uh, I was going to read the last one and make it uh, written. Well, I actually covered it. Well, I did one more little rewrite of something. I wrote a whole item, but I was going to remind you of this. Some of you, last time, one or two people, I heard their breath get sucked in, so I thought some of you almost got it. I was pointing out just like I am now, that all of these methods, and you can make up your, well, we've been through that. People evidently can't make up their own. But almost any method that's ever been claimed to have been used to achieve enlightenment, you could use. Trying anything impossible. As I said, trying to go up to a 10-ton boulder and to push it. And somebody tell you, if you can ever make that thing move, just an inch, if you can just make it move an inch, you'll be awake. And if they can insist, and you believe them, you understand I'm pointing out something when I say 10 ton, that it's impossible. You'll never do it. But you'll never remember yourself. I mean, not over, it's not something that happens, and you think, well, now I'm, you know, now I can remember myself. Which is like that guy I told you came to me with that complaint one time. <laughs> well, he wouldn't tell me. I still like it. His buddy had to come tell me. He just stood there. And he said, even way back then, the guy thought that I was in some way sort of poking fun. I know I told you this, but I still like it. But he thought I was in some way sort of, or he, he said, we got the impression that you were saying that people can't self-remember. That's not possible. 
you know, I kind of struggled, like, well, go ahead, what's the point? Because I said something like that. I knew he could have taken it that way. And he said, well, and he looked around, and his buddy's standing right there next to him. He said, my, my buddy here, Fred, which we never spoke, he said, my buddy here, you say people can't do it. And we've been working on it for years, and Fred, it finally, he got it, and now he can't stop. I mean, he was concerned, and Fred kind of you know, did his eyebrows like, yeah, I'm concerned. It, you know, like, I, now I can't stop it. And it's like they confronted me. I say, you can't do it. And here's a guy who can only do it. He can't stop doing it. <laughs> well, I still wonder about poor old Fred, what, you know, <laughs> if he's still in the state of... At any rate, there is no such thing. It's a trick. And nobody ever seems to get it. Nobody, nobody seems to stop, first off, and be able to face the fact, I'm not doing it. I'm not getting any better at doing it. Is it possible it can't be done? What's going on here? What am I up to? And I don't mean to look at some at fault somewhere, because you can't look and say, well, it's a joke. It's a dirty trick. Whoever told me this didn't know what they're talking about. No, no, it's good. But ask yourself, or I'll put it to you, I was going to bring in another little aspect if it helps, is to ask yourself finally, is it possible that I have really made no progress in doing this? Is it possible? And if you get to where you can ask yourself that, you're going to be hit with a possible, yes, it is possible. Then you investigate what you've been doing. Not investigate what self-remembering is. You investigate this. I'll try to put it to you this way. You investigate, or you ask yourself, how is it that I spent 20 years? Now, remember, you can't, this is not criticism. It can't look like an accusation. If you're in that turn of mind, if you're in that mood, you're not going to get it. But you ask yourself, if you can be this cold-blooded about it, and this direct, that is it possible that I have, that I'm no better at doing this now than I was? And non-verbally, the answer comes back, yes, it's possible. You just have to see it. You realize, yeah, it's possible. Then your question is, the investigation should then or take a new turn. It's, all right, how is it? Now, remember, this is not criticism, and it's not an accusation about you or anybody. But you say, well, how is it? What's going on that I spent X number of years pursuing this, being delighted with what I thought was my results, which I see now, there, there were no results. What is going on that I was so attracted to it, so immediately attracted to it, remain attracted to it today? I was trying it just two seconds ago before I got, before I turned my attention to investigating it. What is going on? That's what I call the investigation of the matter. And see, people will readily turn their lives, people apparently like us, would be mystic. People will devote their lives, large parts of it, to studying a system to studying, to sitting at the knee of some great guru and asking him questions. What you've ultimately got to do from my view, from my experience and everything I know, what I'm trying to tell you about, is forget sitting at the knee of some great guru and asking him questions. You can sit at home in your own lounger watching TV and ask yourself this question. What's going on in my head in this scene of me sitting here Watching and listening to those images and sounds. What's going on? 
Or you can do it reading a book. What is going on? I hate to talk this to death. And you understand this is not an attack on television. Got nothing to do with the content of television. But there it is, you sit down, or you could be doing it with a book on mysticism. You understand the content is irrelevant. But you sit down and you turn it on, and there you are, and you never ask yourself what? You think, well, it's myself watching and enjoying TV. Maybe enjoy just criticizing it. But anyway, I'm watching and listening. And then catch yourself. Because what we're talking about here is this illusion of self. What I'm trying to point you to is the kinds of things that have been a, have been a great benefit of me to getting to the bottom of all this. I'm going to talk about it just for a second or so. I'm to, it just ruins it to me. But something's going on in your head. You understand that, don't you? Nothing's going on on that screen. I know there are images and there are sound waves coming out, but that's not what you're watching. What you're watching is something is going on, it's words and pictures in your head being triggered, it seems. Being triggered by the sights and sounds coming out of the box. And you're sitting there engrossed in it. You spent money, bought the set, you walked across the room or picked up the remote, and you turned it on on purpose, and you're sitting there looking at it and listening to it, giving it your full attention, and then catch yourself and then ask, what is going on? This full scene of me here, watching and listening to that, and there's something going on in my head. And what's going on in your head, of course, constitutes everything possible going on in your head, and you're asleep. Not TV's fault. Nobody's fault. But you cannot do that. I'm about to talk it too much. This is the investigation of the investigation. Or one example to me. May not sound like it to you, but try it. Is ask yourself, what is going on? And you don't have to be a neurosurgeon. You don't have to be a great mystic. But now, you've had enough experience. Anybody listening to me after all of this, and you're still here and putting up with it and staying half awake when I talk, just sit right there by yourself. You don't need anybody else. And there is a whole unknown illusionary world. Once you see it. But a whole world going on in your head that if you ask people, do you, are you aware it's going on? Everybody goes, yeah. No, they're not. If it's going on in your head, nobody's aware of it. Because there's no you to be aware of it. Or as we have always called it, you're asleep. You have to at least snap out of it to realize you're asleep. You're right. I was just caught up in that damn TV show. You're right. I was fast asleep, but now I'm not. What are you now? Well, at least I'm, I got out of that. Yourself got out of that. Yourself was caught up in that. Yeah. No, you don't get it. You had no self. You got no self now. It's a joke. It's an illusion. What we have, all of us, we have a thought that doesn't like the rest of our thought. But what we don't really like is we don't like, if I may speak for you, you're anything resembling me. I take myself to be the lowest possible prototype of a, or archetype of a mystic. You have one thought that does not like the general automatic running of your thinking. When you have that thought, you don't like the general automatic running of your thinking. But when you're not having that thought, you got no problem with the automatic running of your thinking. Because you are the automatic running of your thinking. But when you're thinking, I don't like the automatic running of my thinking, then you're the thought right then that doesn't like the automatic running of your thinking. 
You think, well, at least I'm not far along. Oh, really? Well, at least I'm not fast asleep. At least I'm awake enough now to know I was asleep. And there's a difference. Well, yeah, there's a difference. Either that or I've wasted my life. Well, let's not go into that. I'm being silly. How can you waste your life and there's no purpose to it anyway? (laughs) Well, I'm telling you, uh, I don't know who you like TV. I was doing that instead of a movie. I can do it with a book, but television has words, has sound, and pictures. And I bet some of you, if you don't watch it, some of you are going to say, well, I've thought about that before. I've wondered why I watch so much TV. I shut up. I didn't say I didn't say so much TV. You said, I wonder why I watch such and such kind of shows. You don't get it. And I'm telling you, it doesn't matter what's going on. There you sit. And if you don't like that, I thought... See, to me, that's the easiest way to start, rather than me say, well, you could be doing it when you're talking to somebody. But I picked out TV. It seems to me that's an easier place to start because you're sitting there alone. You don't have to deal with anybody else. In a sense, you're dealing with a passive source of input or triggering. It's a passive triggering. That is, the TV sits there. You don't have to keep it. You don't have to talk back to it to keep it going. So in a sense, you can... Start off, or when you catch yourself, you can try and be an observer of this situation wherein is, you were, you did not have to take an active part. But then ask, why am I sitting here? What's been going on for the last X number of hours? I've been sitting here watching TV, hour after hour. Did I even think about the great secret work and being awake in the last two hours? Hell no. I didn't think about being awake or while I was asleep since I sat down and this movie started. And then ask yourself, Don't, you're not beating up on yourself. It's not criticism. It's to ask, what is going on in me? Because this is just typical. What is going on in me in this scene? If I was overhead looking down at me watching TV and listening for two hours, the serious, sincere mystic that I am, and I haven't had one thought about being awake since I turned on the set until just now. What's going on? If you can answer that, you'll wake up. You'll you'll see to the bottom of everything right there. That's just one example. I started to pull another one, and I always worry about you people's feelings since some of you are great sports fans, but I already gave you a chance to take it a little personally. My alternative to that one I thought about before is what's going on. When you see somebody, this just hit me one time. What's going on? This is the same thing, by the way, as watching TV. What's going on that you see somebody rush over and there's this big rack full of, you know, a sports jacket for their home team, the Lakers, the New York Mets, and somebody runs over, wow, I've always wanted. And you see them over there and they're looking, they're trying it on, and you see their face, how excited they are. Costs a lot of money. They buy it. Ask yourself, what's going on? And as you know, this is not an attack on being a sports fan. It's not an attack on anything. Is ask yourself, what is going on? It's the same thing as why people are religious. But why? What's going on? I got to have that jacket. You see someone proudly wearing their jacket, and making sure that you see it. And it's got a name. Or it says, I'm for gun control. 
or it says, shoot everybody that's for gun control. Whatever it is, it's something. And they go, I want this. This statement. Or, I don't want to say anymore. What's going on that somebody buys a Mets cap? Somebody puts a bumper sticker. Kill abortionists. What am I doing? What's going on with me watching television? Because you ever get good at that, if you get a whiff of that, then I ask you, go pick out your greatest book. Maybe pick out, if you like, I don't, don't mean to brag, but if you like my writings, if you've got any copies at home or my books, sit there and start reading and think, you know, how much you get from this, and then stop. Just you sit there and think, what's going on? There is no greater mystical system. I'm telling you from my experience, from my view, I'm being as, as you know, as straightforward to you people as possible. There it is. It's better than meditating. Better than It's better than any method that I know of. It's not even, there's no method in the same ballpark. It's, it's the study. Turn the investigation on the investigation. Turn the study on the matter of the study. Why am I sitting here reading this book on how to achieve enlightenment? Taking notes or just, it enthuses me. I feel better. I should be doing this. I feel a lot better when I sit down and read a book like this than when I turn on television. But then suddenly ask yourself, what's going on? I'm sitting here and this book means so much. I feel inspired. I just feel so much better reading this than watching TV or anything. It doesn't matter. It's to ask yourself what's going on. If somebody, no, a man who doesn't know what's going on, I don't care how many weird hats and how many degrees he's got or how much reputation, the man's not awake. He may have had awakening experiences. He may know, he may know a hell of a lot, but he doesn't know what's at the bottom of all of it. There's a Zen people, I think, used to say, some of them, you know, there's a difference between awakening, which is the initial experience, as they called it, and then there is the supreme ultimate, or the perfection. That's what one guy used to call it. I finally decided he was, he called it the, that you had, awakening was the first experience. That's when you realize, ah, I'm in the right, well, I'm adding my description, but it's like, yeah, this is what I should be doing. I'm in the right place. Ah, the taste of it was yes. After that, that's one thing. After that comes the lifetime of the perfecting of your enlightenment. And I give him credit, whoever he was. I think, my view is, that he's saying what I was saying. Is that then, you devote yourself to trying to see to the bottom of, what in the hell happened to me? What is awakening? I was awake once. I had an experience that that was no doubt, that was awakening. I loved it, I loved it, I loved it. If I could have it forever, I'd take it, but I don't. What the hell was it? That's the perfection of awakening. Notice you've got no inclination to do it. Not because of stupidity, but people devote their lives, 20, 30, but their lives, to studying a system over here. Devoting themselves, their money, their livelihood, their efforts, this system, but studying it. And will never turn around and study this question. Why am I studying that? What's going on? One more time. It, it can't be a critical 
question. And it's not like you're trying to expose it. It's not like you're trying to see how foolish you were. It's you ask yourself, why? Well, to me, it's just what's going on. But I'll be a little more specific and stop. It's, you're asking yourself, why was I so attracted to that? Why is that idea so attractive, so immediately attractive? Why was I so taken with the experience? Why, was, why have I been so taken with the study of this system, whereas I can look at it from one view, and my study has accomplished nothing? Oh, I can talk about it. I'm not considered to be one of the world's experts on that system. I know so much about it. But it has, a, it has possibly accomplished nothing, or I've accomplished nothing with it. Then, that's the perfecting of the awakening, is to turn your investigation on what's going on. Remember, it's not an expose of the system you were studying. It's why did it attract me so? Of course, not just you, but many people. But why is that so attractive to some people? How is it that I could go on for 20 years studying it and never even question whether I was making any progress? Whereas I can see now, it's possible I made no progress. Taking all that in consideration, then the investigation takes on a new turn is what is going on? That concludes this talk. Be sure to visit us at jancox.com where you can search through 3,000 talks for topics of interest or just leave us a message.